Cougs House. All right, it's National Signing Day. We've got a brand new Big 12 schedule. Let's grade how the University of Houston has done in their recruiting. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or say hey to your side by, please be sure to hit subscribe down below. That way you can get the latest on the Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making us your first listen of the day. And welcome back to the YouTube channel. We did pass 500 subscribers, so Rusty, Rusty, if you're listening to this, please uh, reach out to me on Twitter. Find some way to get in contact with me. DM me some way so we can get you set up with a gift package from Sparkle, including a Goat Samson t-shirt from uh, Hoop and Holler. Now, all of those things said, obviously, we're going to do our next giveaway at 750 subscribers. We're going to do this every 250. So if you missed out on the 250 to the 500, you're still in luck. Continue to hit subscribe. Continue to comment on the video. And we will be giving away things as we go. We appreciate all the support here. Obviously, the big push would be, can we get to 1,000 before March Madness. We got a little over a month at this point because I guess technically March Madness doesn't start, doesn't start on like March 1st, whatever. Right? So let's keep on pushing and trucking. Thank you all so much for the support. Today, being signing day, we're going to look at uh, Houston Cougar recruiting. Uh, the first segment, we're going to look at offensive guys that joined the, st- uh, joined the team in the football side of things. Uh, in the second segment, look at the defensive side of the football and look at who signed on on the defense side. And the third segment, we have Jason Jordan coming over to help us talk some about who signed with the basketball program and those kinds of things. Now, I know this seems kind of like maybe a little lackluster because there's no current news on any big, high-profile guys jumping in at the last minute necessarily, but I do think it's important to look at like the closure of this window uh, before we jump into spring football and March Madness stuff because there's another short window for transfers and things could shift a little bit in the first half of May. Um, so in the first segment, I want to do a little bit of looking at the offense side of the football and kind of give caps off and grading some things. First off, caps off to Houston for landing. Mikhail Harrison pilot. Now, Mikhail was going to be the kind of recruit that Houston was going to kick themselves that they missed. Obviously, uh, Mikhail is a legacy of sorts to the Houston Cougar athletic program in general, right? Um, his mom, his stepmom was a cheerleader. His dad played football for Houston. Um, but the Temple product listed as an athlete could have gone anywhere. Uh, he ended up coming to Houston. That's a big, big win. Um, you know, no doubt that the Holgerson offense using him as a receiver and playing in the big 12 all played their own roles. I imagine of the offensive skill position kind of guys, he gets the most clock as a true freshman. That means he takes the most snaps as a true freshman because he is a versatile as far as like where you're going to put him and B I, there based on how spring ball goes, I could get proven wrong there's a real chance he's in the top three receivers right now. And I think Houston will probably run a lot of 11 and 12 personnel, but they're always going to have two or three receivers on the field if they're a Dale Horson offense, right? And so if you're the third receiver, probably on the field a lot. (laughs) And I think that there's a real chance that he is that guy 
as it stands currently. So that's a caps off type of signing for the Houston Cougars going, getting him um, at the army all American game. Uh, he committed that day, I guess, right before the game started. The other guys I have to say um, that are worth pointing out as impact recruits. Um, I think kind of the unsung guy that, you know, doesn't get a whole lot of love is Jonah Wilson. I'm DeCaney um, right here in Houston. Um, Four star kid, six two, buck 95, big, strong kid. Um, he does more than box out. I imagine his, first initial look in the Houston Cougar offense is a lot of like stick routes in the end zone for block out kind of possessions um, just because he is so big and strong. I could see him doing more obviously as he gets older, but that's something he has that like Matthew Golden is it's not Matthew Golden's strength, right? And so in front of hand receivers that can do those kinds of things, if you wanted to go to more of a four out or wanted to have three big guys at wide outs down there, I could see him doing that kind of system. Another big guy, I think, uh, well, I say big guy, um, 185 running back named Parker Jenkins. Obviously, he's got a great first name, but Parker Jenkins out of Klein Forest is a big impact running back coming in. Um, at 5'10, 185, I don't think he's his running style is necessarily traditional like you'd think because that it kind of sounds more like a scatty kind of guy, but he does like to get up in between uh the tackle to guard area. I wouldn't call him like an A gap runner, but certainly a B gap runner. And I think what would be impactful with him is the new uh, offensive line coach I had to research for the other day's episode, uh, Iman Nagavi, will bring in a lot of H-back type of blocking for him. And I think that that kind of one cut running in watching some of his Klein Forest highlights and clips. Um, I hadn't gotten to watch a full game start to finish because those are kind of hard to find sometimes. But he does a really, really good job at those kind of one cut runs. I think that could be important. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot to say outside of on the wide out spot. They got a couple other guys that might not be impactful this year, but in building depth, I think will um, in Jacoby Banks and Jerian Wallace. Now, both of those guys, I think are, you hope the kind of guys you hope are playing a lot, like maybe redshirt freshman playing a lot in year two, uh, either redshirt freshman or sophomore years. Um, because you don't know how long you get to hold on to Matthew Golden before he goes pro. You don't know how long you get to hold on to Mikhail Harrison Pilot until he goes pro. You know how long you get to hold on to Sam Brown until he goes pro. Same with Joseph Manjack. So, like, the receiver room being stacked probably means that they just don't play as much. Not that they're not great recruits or high-end caliber guys. They're just not necessarily, like, going to be on the field a lot this year because Houston's got so, so many, including a couple guys from the transfer portal. Um, I think the most... Uh, notable one is Joshua Cobbs, who comes from Wyoming. Um, this guy is a giant, 6'4", 205, and every bit of a positive wingspan. If you think about the way basketball players talk about it, right? Like, hats off for getting that kind of guy. Um, and honestly, really, really impressed with the way, um, frankly, that he played at Wyoming. And kind of makes you wonder, like, how, how did he get to Wyoming? But the offensive transfer portal, guys, you, you can't go any farther up talking about Donovan Smith a run first, uh, let's say run 1A and pass 1B type of quarterback um, from Texas Tech. I, I'm really, really impressed in watching the way he runs. He runs with power, but he's also like faster than most guys that are in the linebacker, uh, you know, traditional uh, defense tackle box type area. And I I was impressed by watching him at Tech. I was got to see him up close and personal. He was a starting quarterback at Tech when they beat Houston last year. And it was a close contest. Um, the biggest thing for him in the current system and the way he's got to like make his uh, name known in spring ball will be to continue to work on keeping the ball on, you know, he gambles, he throws up like jump balls and those kinds of things. But sometimes those goes to the wrong team, right? Um, he did throw three picks in the Houston game, for instance. And 
I think that Houston's going to have to make sure they keep him kind of under control in, in terms of the turnovers. Um, one guy I want to keep an eye on in spring ball that uh, is on the offensive side of the ball that I think helps this grade some too, because I'm not necessarily sure like where he'll fit in because the wide receiver room is so deep. It's Stephon Johnson at Oklahoma State. Uh, Stephon Johnson uh, was a three-star kid out of high school, six foot one seventy-five, um, and obviously, like he'll have a chip on his shoulder and go play Oklahoma State. I guess when they come play us, um, but I, I do feel like he's kind of got some wiggle to him that, like, you know, he's not Tank Dell. It just you know finished up and is now headed the NFL draft. But I don't feel like he's wholly unsimilar as far as the way he plays and what he wants to do. And so we've seen how Danny uses those kinds of guys in the past game in the past. And does he end up having a bigger role than maybe I'm even seeing um, because of that? Now, with that said, I think Matthew Golden, Samuel Brown, and Joseph Manjack, and Mikhail Harrison Pilot are like the first four guys in the game. And in some sort of order, I like I, I like – Harrison Pilot's style of playing receiver more than Manjack, but some people would go the opposite. That's more of a stylistic thing, depending on what kind of offense Dana wants to put out there with these guys um, and and how they fit in necessarily would be different than how they'd fit in last year because the way that Houston will run the ball will be different. And you don't want to be the kind of team that only runs like 11 personnel when you're running the ball and 10 personnel when you're passing it. So they're going to make sure they're on the same page there. On the whole, though, and this is where the grading comes in, I'm giving Houston like an A minus on their offensive recruiting. And it's not an A plus, and here's why. So Jalen Garth comes in as a transfer from UT Austin. And the only other offensive lineman they pulled in is Caden Bowie out of uh, Port Arthur Memorial. Now, both look like they're going to be good football players. I don't mean that they won't. I think Caden Bowie will be redshirt and take some time to develop. He's 6'3", 290. Um, but he's an inside guy, and I 290 at the inside offensive line space probably needs to gain a solid, like a good 20 to 30 pounds. And I don't mean that negatively. I just mean like he's got to get like 315 or so. Um, and 6'3 is a lot of body to put that on. And he's got the frame for it. So I, I just, I wonder how he'll, he'll play there. Um, initially, he, I think it'll develop well. His feet look good on film. The, the other guy, uh, Jalen Garth, as I look at him, I guess he will be able to play right away. He's 6'5", 285. Um, you know, he's listed as a tackle six, five and long. It's good as a tackle, but two eighty five. I probably went closer to three bills as a tackle. So we'll see what he looks like come the fall. I, I mean, he'll get to run some with the spring and to be fair, Houston is not losing a starting offensive lineman, but in moving to the big 12, I kind of would have liked to see one or two more offensive linemen added. Um, Patrick Paul is great. Patrick Paul is probably a pro, right? I just feel like they need a little bit more, depth there because as well as the offensive line played in the American Athletic Conference last year it was the American not the Big 12 and the defensive linemen they're playing are not the same kind of athletes necessarily now I think that we can show and find individual guys across the American Athletic Conference that are just as good but like week in week out you're seeing a better defensive line a better linebacking core in the Big 12 and so Houston's going to have problems that they didn't have in the American. And I would like to see Houston add more big 12 quality alignment in this window between uh, the early transfer portal, early signing day. And now all that coming to a close today on signing day. That said, I do feel very high about some of the skill position guys. And I think they did a really great job in playing Donovan Smith at quarterback. So I am going to give them an a minus. It's not like they're going all the way down to a C or something like I'm going to an a minus for what they did 
there. Um, and I want to talk some about the defense in the next segment. But before we talk about the defense, let's talk a little bit about our newest buddies here at Locked On, and that is FanDuel. Now, this year, you only need one app for your Super Bowl party, and that is America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel.com. We're really ex- uh, excited about our new sports betting partner, the number one sports betting book across the entire United States. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. There's so many great features that make it uh, betting on sports fun and easy. You can download the FanDuel now uh, on your whatever type of phone you've got, or you can go to the website, FanDuel.com slash locked on to place bets on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You can get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown. And the bet I'm plugging right now that continues to be on there, and so you need to go hit it before they take it down, <laughs> is that they've got Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles as a plus 200 to score an anytime touchdown. Now, that's not like he's, it's not like plus 1,000. I get that. But we saw Kansas City play Cincinnati, and the way that they doubled uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins left tight ends open a lot we've seen philadelphia play with aj brown and with Devonte smith and we've seen channel views own jalen hurts use the tight end a lot if there is going to be a passing touchdown from philadelphia there's a fairly high chance it's dallas goddard just based on coverage rules alone i'm saying put your money down there at dallas goddard plus 200 to catch an 80 time touchdown i'm telling you to do it at FanDuel.com. It's a sports betting app that is safe, easy, secure, super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid for your winnings instantly. Fa- uh, join FanDuel.com uh, today slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. All right, so... The other thing I want to talk about here a little bit is the defense side of the ball. Now, interestingly enough, if this were like 2019 and it was a pre, pre-COVID, pre-transfer portal, tree, all these different transfer rules, I'd probably be grading very, very harshly because Houston did not go get a bunch of defensive guys out of high school. They got... 2D lineman and Jet Runyon at Aubrey, Texas, up in the DFW area, and Justin Benton at Covington, Georgia. Right, they got a linebacker at Austin in uh, Latrevia McCutcheon, and then they got a handful of safeties. That's it. That's it. Right, they didn't address a handful of needs. I thought they had. They, I think they really need some cornerback play. Um, and frankly, the safeties they got, we'll we'll talk some about them in a moment. But they might be more down the line project type of guys. Yes, they lose some uh, talent in Art Green. Yes, they lose a couple guys on the D line, the NFL draft, and things like that. Um, or if a hopeful draft for sure, I think I think they'll they'll stick. Um, that's a later episode as we get closer to draft, obviously. But I I have to say that um, I'm a little. If it were just the high school kids, I'd be a little put off by how Houston's recruiting was handling the entry of the Big Twelve because we saw several teams hang a lot of points on Doug Belk's defense in the Houston Cougars last season. Obviously, SMU put up 77, right? Um, that doesn't mean that Houston didn't, was not able to score points. And frankly, it does not mean that there weren't games that Houston turned the ball over and put their defense in bad spots. I don't mean to say that you know it's just the defense by any stretch, but I would have wanted more freshmen coming in. I am fairly high on Jalen Stanford. Uh, he's coming from Jinx, Oklahoma, as a three-star safety. Uh, the more clips and whatever you can find on this kid the more i like him coming from a big time program he might be able to see the field early in his college career 
But I imagine he and Christopher Pearson and John C. Barbas, who are all three going to be freshman safeties, probably see some limited action their first year. But at least one of those guys will redshirt just because of the safety room being relatively full. Um, I I do think that you see Justin Benton make some sort of an impact. Um, What you could see happen is, I guess, if like, it gets to be game four or five and he hadn't played a meaningful snap yet. You might just pull him and redshirt him as we've seen Dana do in the past, but he's really, really talented. Um, he's a six one two eighty five D line. And he plays a little bit three, a little bit interior guy, um, but he does rush the pass pretty well. I, so we'll see what they do with him, but I can see him being very, very involved in the defense early, but where the defense recruiting gets caps off, is in all of their work in the transfer portal to try and find Power 5 ready guys. And this is where Houston's adapting to modern football in a way that has me encouraged. Now, I've been criticized on Twitter for being far too positive about the Houston group of football, especially their defense. However, going and getting a guy that's listed at 6'4", 320 in Jalen Hunt will solve a lot of problems, right? Newest transfer coming in from Michigan State, transferred just before the buzzer here. He might not actually enroll until the summer, which... You know, as a D lineman, interior D lineman, I guess I don't know how much scheme he has to learn this spring that he couldn't learn when he shows up in June. But he is coming to the Cougars. Uh, Jalen Hunt is from Michigan, initially committed to Iowa. Coaching change led to him transferring or uh, initially you know, decommitting and then recommitting to Michigan State. Played a few years there. Big Ten football, and if you're looking for defensive interior lineman, Big Ten football is a place to look, right? Um, and so I'm really, really encouraged. Excuse me. I'm really, really encouraged by that signing. I think he's playing very, very quickly, and he may be your starting three technique, if not, you know, shade. I guess I like Dot and Wonkwo, but he may, Jalen Hunt may be your starting three technique come August. So be on the lookout for that name as well. Um, David Igwegwo, he is a transfer linebacker that will be playing on the edge as a guy rushing the passer. He's like 6'4", 260. Um, I have seen down in the 250, like 248, 250 range. So I guess depends on what like reading you're looking at there. Um, but as a linebacker at Oklahoma, his specialty was rushing the passer. So as he comes to Houston, his specialty will become rushing the passer exclusively. I'm encouraged to see what he looks like. He also, to be fair, brings a big 12 you know, mindset to the roster in a way that when he walks in a D line room, which is a very strong room for Houston has been for several years. He can say, listen guys, this is what this looks like. This is the speed, the pace, the power, etc." Right. Um, I'm encouraged by that. And he's a, an upperclassman transfer and with the COVID years. I guess your eligibility is a little thrown off, but I'm encouraged to see him come in. He is a four star kid out of high school. And I think what would be interesting to see is like, just how much of an impact he has on the field. I think this is one of those moments where Agwigbu uh, is a a top end caliber guy, right? Like, uh, like all all accounts are he is like a sharp kid, a charitable kid, a well, like a, a, just a good person. But also, he's from Katy, and uh, Oklahoma had things go south last season. They did not have a very good first season after the Lincoln Riley era was over. And this is when Houston being in the Big Twelve becomes an option, right? If he were transferring out of Oklahoma, being from Katy, he's probably looking at a more national search as far as where he goes next. Instead, being from Katy, he's like, oh, I can go back home, right? Like, this is when Houston being uh, being Houston is, is important. The other edge rush they got is uh, Brandon Mack, 
who's listed at 6'4", 250. Um, he's a long-arm type of guy, originally from Montgomery, Alabama, and he originally was at Ole Miss, class 2009 high school kid. Um, and frankly, <laughs> I don't – he was cut out for SEC football. He got snaps. I don't mean that. But – Ole Miss might not be cut out for SEC football every single year, right? Like, SEC, oh, SEC all the time. But, like, after, like, Georgia, Alabama, I guess this year there was Tennessee. Occasionally there's an LSU, right? Like, the third team kind of wavers. Sometimes that third team, I guess, has been Ole Miss. However, Ole Miss was at the bottom of the totem pole in the SEC the last couple of years. And I, while they're, you know, Locked on Ole Miss is a fun show. I like all the stuff that, that Steven's doing over there. Um, I think what happened to Brandon was he was tired of getting his tail beat. <laughs> and so he came to Houston where Houston has a chance to be competitive. We talked in the schedule preview yesterday. Like there's a real chance Houston's like an eight, nine win team next year. If things are really clicking and going right. And so I'm encouraged by this signing. That's an sec caliber guy coming to play at the U of H. Um, really, really important ish Harris. Same kind of thing. He's a linebacker. It's going to be unlike, uh, he's going to come in and play. Ish Harris is going to come in and play linebacker coming in from AM. Um, now Ish Harris was a four star kid from Pilot Point, Texas, which is way far north. Um, but a four star linebacker coming back to the University of Houston. Um, again, I think it's the same kind of thing as a where he goes somewhere and has a bad experience because they're not winning any games. He wants to go somewhere that can win some games and get on the field. And for us, that's Houston. So six, uh, I guess one place has him six three, one place has him six two, and both places have him around two fifteen linebacker. Um, you know, more of a coverage type linebacker, I think, will be interesting to see come to the U of H. Um, the big, the big haul was Dari Halsey. No pun intended, but we talk about it, safety ad nauseum. Um, he went to go play at New Mexico, um, and frankly, he's from Missouri City, right? Local kid. He goes plays in New Mexico and balls out. And then comes back to Houston, right? Like, okay, he proved he can be a big 12 town guy. And now he's coming back to Houston. Really, really saw and excited about that. Um, but I'm still, even with the transfers and as excited as I am about so many of those guys being impact players early, right? I am going to give Houston a like relatively, we'll say a B and on the defensive side of recruiting, because they only got two corners, unless they're transferring safeties around that we haven't heard about. Brian George transferring from AM and Isaiah Hamilton transferring from Texas Southern are the only two corners of note coming to Houston. Now, Isaiah George, uh, sorry, Isaiah Hamilton, I got my names mixed up. Isaiah Hamilton is a Channel View guy that went to Texas Southern. It's now U of H. So he is like Houston through and through. I want the best for him. 6'1", 165, a, a small corner. Um, Brian George, on the other hand, is an AM guy. He's 6'2", a buck 90. He's from Florida. He just obviously got to Texas, enjoys Texas, and is coming to the U of H. Um, I would have expected more corners in the in this whole thing. So unless they're moving a safety we haven't heard about, or they really throw a wild card in and move like Kelly Harrison Pilot over, I'd be worried about the corner position moving in the Big 12, because the Big 12 is so pass-happy. Now, I think they have the athletes. It's about whether or not you think they can develop the, through the coaching systems and things like that by this fall. Um, and to be fair, the 2021 defense was. The 2021 defense had two pro corners that came through the system, right? The system is relatively unchanged. And now you're looking at, like, hopefully, with the exodus of, like, the art greens of the world, you're hoping that some of these guys continue to develop into that kind of corner. It's no secret that, like, Brian George can look at what Marcus Jones is doing in the NFL and be like, I want to be that guy. I'm going to get to that system and play for that coach and Coach Doug Belk. And that may be exactly what happened. 
but I got to see him turn into a Marcus Jones for me to buy in fully on that. So I'm going with a B on the defense. I like the guys we got. I just wanted more skinny guys, more DBs, for lack of a better phrase, more corners. Now, that's a wrap on the football recruiting in this cycle. Um, and to be fair, there will probably be a lot of whispers and this and that between now and the early part of May. But the first part of May is when the next transfer window opens. And I imagine you're looking at people that go through spring ball are unhappy with where they're on the depth chart in spring ball or something like that. And then are looking to transfer back to Houston if they're from Houston or looking to transfer up to Houston if they're at a smaller program or, or what have you, right? And so there may be more guys added to this roster. But with all of that said, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about basketball signings as well. I got Jason Jordan in the dock ready to talk for a second. But before we get to that, we have to talk a little bit about Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is one of my favorite ones of these uh, friends of ours to talk about. Because, frankly, they're the ones I was using before Lockdown Cougs was a show. <laughs> As a teacher, I typically have breakfast kind of on the go. And Built Bar is a delicious treat that is low in fat and calories. Uh, it gets, you know, in the holiday season, we're all trying to, like, you know, hold on to those New Year's resolutions, those kind of things. And what makes Built Bar so good for that is they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they have unbelievable flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and coconut almond. And they have great macros, just 130 calories and four grams of sugar with just with whopping 17 grams of protein. Again, that's just 130 calories, just four grams of sugar and 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, I've been talking about ordering at Built Bars at Built.com, but now you get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right, head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can grab a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Trust me, you can thank me later. My favorite flavor, though, is that coconut almond. I'm an Almond Joy kid, and coconut almond is very, very much in that vein. So that's my recommendation there, and I'm recommending that you go do it at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. All right, so without further ado, let's bring on Jason Jordan to talk a little bit about uh, the basketball signings and things. Let's bring him on. And to break down some recruiting today, I'm joined by Jason Jordan. Jason, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So I think people associate signing day with a lot of football recruiting and stuff like that. And obviously, Houston has football too. But as a basketball school, in a lot of ways, um, the Hoops team gets a lot of pub. Talk to me. Um, have Have you been following Houston recruiting for a while? Or what's the what's your – I mean, I know you're a recruiting guy. But tell us about you. Yeah, well um... – yeah, definitely since uh, Kelvin Sampson has been there. Kelvin Sampson, I've known uh, for years, so I, I know his recruiting prowess. And Obviously, he's really getting it done on the recruiting trail, uh, both in the transfer portal and in, uh, you know, obviously the more traditional way, but that's not traditional anymore because that's just the <laughs> new way we're, we're on now. Um, so, yeah, man, um, you guys are getting a lot of um, a lot of high – high major elite guys that are interested in you um, a lot uh, due in large part to the fact that Kelvin Sampson's there. So I really respect him. Well, and you speak at, you know, high major big time guys. The first section I want to talk to you a little bit today is they've got a lot of big guys coming in yeah. next year. It feels yeah. like they've got um, in the most traditional Houston Kelvin Sampson sense, three different guys ranging between six, eight and six, 10 that you would all call traditional yeah. centers. Right. Um, 
I don't, they're not graduating to Juan Roberts. I don't think he's a pro prospect in the immediate future, maybe a little further down the line. I feel like it's going to be a crowded room with them and, and Javier Francis is young. Talk to me about, can you talk to me some about the three big fellas coming in next season? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I'm learning in this new world with the, I say new world because the transfer portal just changes the whole landscape of everything in the world in college basketball. <laughs> right. So you never know. I, look, I've been shocked in the last year, the guys that have left. I'm not saying anybody's leaving, but I nothing shocks me is what I'm getting at. So, uh, you know, the fact that the, the front court cupboard is not bare in Houston <laughs> next season is, is not a horrible thing. I think Joe, um, of the three, you know, Joe is probably the one that will um, be most ready in year one. I like Jacob, you know, um, and Cedric for sure. I think he's more of a, a long-term prospect but um joe's just high energy really athletic great off the second jump always um you know very much alert very much of a a playmaker i think it's very a very much underrated part of his game because um you can give him the ball down there in the paint and he's really adept at finding the open shooter um and he's looking looking for him you know he's not always looking to score he's not putting his head down and banging but um super athletic Brings a lot of energy. And, you know, for me, that's always the skill because it is a skill. Um, it, facts. That's a skill. You know, that's always a skill that I look for, especially for guys down there who are like junkyard dogs in the paint. And that would be the best thing that I would say would describe him. But, I mean, he's not – you know, people say junkyard dog and you're like, oh, uh, he, just, he just works hard. He's not skilled. No, he's skilled um, in a lot of different ways. A high IQ guy too. So, um, real big get for you guys there in Houston with Joe. So it feels like you feel like Tugler has separated himself from the crowd. It's Jojo Tugler from um, yeah. nearby nearby Houston. Uh, yeah. I think it's interesting. I felt like I heard a lot of buzz around Jacob McFarland like this summer. Yeah. Um, what is the buzz potential there? What's all that going on? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of it's potential. But, I mean, you know, he obviously he had a good summer. He had a good summer. Um, you know, he does a lot of different things versatility-wise. Um, you know, knocks down shots and – you know, he can bang down there and, you know, at the end of the day, he's 6'10", you know, and at his size, at his skill set, you tend to – draw. but see, a lot of the recruiting people are like – and this is what I don't do. <laughs> a lot of recruiting guys are like, yeah, I mean, look at that skill set. He should be good in two, three years. It's like, eh, well, you don't come back in two, three years and tell me that you were wrong. You know, I've never, <laughs> I've never seen you do that. So what I don't – I don't do that. Not not by and large. By and large, I say, what did you do? Did you produce against these big-time players that you're playing against? Were you pretty average? Eh, well, then I'm, you know, I'm, because by and large, that projection, I mean, if you look at the numbers, it doesn't pan out the way they say it's supposed to pan out. They really go back and, you know, did a, um, you know, did a evaluation of where they were at and where they are three, five years down the road. It's not what they said. So um, I, I'm very careful not to put a whole lot of stock into what you could potentially be if I look at my crystal ball. <laughs> well, it sounds like in your crystal ball, you've got him as a little bit later, and not that you use it a whole lot. Yeah. Um, obviously, one big vague, like loss for Houston is the inevitability that Jairus Walker will be going to the NBA, um, one-and-done type guy. And it's been, I guess, Samson is might be more used to this, but Houston hasn't had a whole lot of those kind of guys come through, right? And yeah. um, are any none of these guys can be Jairus Walker. I don't mean to say like that, but do any of them fit more? Can they play the four in a way that like replaces some of the stuff because he's so versatile? 
Yeah, I think Joe can. I think Joe can slide over and play the four. Um, just because he because of his impact and the way he can guard multiple positions and his again, his energy. Um, so and he's so physical and uh athletic, I think he'd be able to slide over and play the four for sure. So um and then you gotta think, you know, none of these guys is Jarris Walker, but we don't know who they're gonna get. You gotta assume that they're gonna get they'll have they'll have the pick of the litter in the transfer portal. And at the end of the day, every coach, I'm telling you, every coach that I talk to is like, yeah, you know, we're, we're holding out a spot or two for that portal come April, you know, because we, we want to get some guys that have that, you know, show improve at this level, you know, maybe not the level that we're at specifically, but at the collegiate level, you're averaging 18 and eight in the mid major. I mean, that that's probably going to translate into a high major with production. So and, and that's how the coaches think now. Well, and what's interesting, too, is that um, I guess there's a Texas Tech transfer Malik Wilson, uh, Wilson on the roster right now, but he's get, he's taking a red shirt. Right. Um, and I guess he's I've always thought it's more over three. Um, Samson yeah. Samson was, was taken in tra- taking in transfers, didn't lose a whole lot of them right. back in his Oklahoma days. Right. Um, yeah. That that seems Absolutely. like. Something his his program attracts guys that maybe take a little bit longer to develop. Yeah, and and that's gonna be you. That's gonna be a that more to my point about the transfer portal because trust and believe there are gonna be some there will be big time talent in the transfer portal. That is a <laughs> fact. I can t- I can tell you that for a fact. Now, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw no names out there. <laughs> no, we but don't want to get you in trouble, Jason. Trust me. <laughs> They're going to be licking their chops at the portal because the yeah. portal has some names in it. And I've had some conversations. Some names are going to be in the portal. Right. Well, and it wouldn't take a whole lot of names from the Houston area originally. Um, maybe want to come home kind of guy. Anyway, this is me speculating, Jason. I'm not going to get you in trouble, I promise. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The If we look ahead, because with signing day being Wednesday, um, we're talking, you know, next wave of guys is really April, May time, right? Um the 2024 class, though, Houston's had a secured uh, commitment from Mercy Miller uh, for quite some time now. And Mercy Miller probably sounds familiar to people in this region because of Master P, per, uh, Percy Miller, right? Like that's that's like a fairly prominent name. Um, but outside of having a cool name and and I'm assuming a cool life growing up in that uh, in Masterpiece house, um, what can you tell us about, uh, about uh, Mercy Miller? And what can you tell us about like, Who's going to come with him? Right now, he's the only 2024 we got committed. Yeah, I, I really like his game. He's coming off. This is a great time to ask me this question because he's he's coming off a 39 and 11 game uh, in the last couple of days. So, uh, but I liked him before that. Definitely the real deal. Um, you know, I think he thrives as a playmaker, crafty, smooth. He's a guy, a guard. You're not, you're just not going to speed him up because he's six five. So sometimes young, smaller guards try and get up in him and you know like pressure him to, to speed up and play at their pace, but he's just, he's, he's, he creates the tempo. It, it, uh, it's all about what I want to do is how he approaches it. And so in that regard, he's very smooth, very calculated. Um, but he's a, you know, he creates his own shot, scores at all three levels, but I, I think he's an underrated playmaker for his teammates too. So yes, he can score the ball. Yes, he can stroke it, but um I think the next phase of his game and then the logical progression is for him to continue to thrive as a playmaker for his teammates. And I'm starting to see growth in that area in the last year for sure. Uh, 
And so you're projecting him out, and correct me if I'm wrong, just, as a more of a, a point guard type of role, a guy that has the ball in his hand, not catching the ball off screens and that kind right. of stuff. Well, I mean, let me be real. Like, he's at his best when he's in attack mode. You know, when he's in attack mode looking for his hut and his shot, he looks his best. So I think they're going to keep him. They'll probably keep him in a dual role, maybe a combo guard, um, some guy that, a guy they can certainly use interchangeably in the backcourt. And that just makes him more attractive in the offense well and this is off script jason so i'm sorry if, but that has me compared like so the 2023 guard the lone guard currently committed in the 2023 class mm-hmm. is cordell jefferson right um coming in from uh, arlington martin i believe in the dfw area yeah. um also a 6-4 ish type guard um also i would probably describe as a combo guard and do you know of any yin and yang kind of like i if you see that pairing, and I'm going off script with you for a second, but any yeah. like yin and yang kind of pairing with those two, or is it, uh, we don't want oil and water, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they do a lot of the same, if I'm being honest, they do a lot of the same things. Like a lot of the things that I said about Mercy, I mean, I could say about Cordell, right? So, but the thing is when you have an interchange, and this is, I mean, honestly, look at the last two champions, uh, you know, in college basketball. They are just, this is the the lane for coaches and this is how they think. They just want to fill the the backcourt, certainly the backcourt and the perimeter with playmakers. It's playmakers. It's more so position. They say positionless, but it's just guys who can make plays, guys who can handle the ball, ignite the break, get out and fill the lanes, you know, make that three on the perimeter and that transition three and things like that. So in that regard, it makes sense that they would get guys that have um, uh, skill sets that are, you know, very similar because you want to, Feel the look at Baylor, look at Kansas. I mean, that's how they won. You know, look at the championship games. That's how they won. They have playmakers all over the court, and so um, it's clear that that is the recipe for cutting down those nets. And um, Houston's no different from any other school that's just trying to fill the court with playmakers. For sure, for sure. Well, obviously, we're gonna be following along fairly closely here. Um, yeah. But you do recruiting stuff year long. You're very tapped in the high school scene as well as college coaches and coaching staff. Where can people find you and your stuff at? Obviously, on Twitter right here on the screen. Where can people find you? At? Yeah, well, the more right now, the biggest place you can find me is at Twitter. I'm posting stuff all the time. I be I'm at all tournaments. I'll be in NIBC uh, this weekend. I'll be you know IMG uh, anything NIBC because they're the best basketball conference in the country. <laughs> And then we'll be at Geico, and then we'll be into the spring. So, um, sadly, the year is flying by. So, um, you know, we'll be back to report on all things recruiting uh, every month and every week. For sure, man. All right, so check out Jason at Jason NC Jordan on Twitter. He's following the top high school prospects and teams all over the country. Thanks so much for coming on today, Jason. Thank you all so much for tuning in today as we talked a lot about Houston Cougar recruiting, both football and basketball. Thanks to Jason for stopping by to talk some hoops as well. Uh, you can find me to talk all things Houston Cougar basketball, football, recruiting, stadiums, uh, see, uh, schedules, whatever you want, at Painsworth 512 That's P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512 on Twitter, Instagram, all your social media outlets. I'll be happy to talk the Cougs, the Rockets, the Astros, the Texans, sneakers, hip-hop, whatever you want to. Again, at Painsworth 512 
one, two. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked On Cougs, making us your first listen of the day today. For a second listen, I want to recommend listening to Locked On Big 12, as we just outlined a full Big 12 slate of games. And I think Houston's got a fairly favorable schedule for their first year in the Big 12. Josh will be breaking all those things down over at Locked On Big 12, so make sure you go check them out as well. Again, thank you all so much for subscribing and doing all things to help out the podcast. Locked On Cougs is a proud member of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are to me every day. Go Cougs!